Hi, I'm Sonia Jean Killebrew, and this is Black America and COVID, an oral history project. This is part two of my interview with the amazing speaker, Kiki Orr. I will give you an abridged introduction, and then we will jump right into the interview. Essentially, I am a fourth generation teacher. I'm a Black American. I'm Jamaican American, Indigenous American, and African American. I'm a fourth generation teacher. I have a master's degree in education and a master's degree in writing. And while I was getting my MFA, I read Zora Neale Hurston's plays and I was inspired by her work as an anthropologist where she went out into Harlem and interviewed African Americans. And I thought, if Zora Neale Hurston were alive today, would she be interviewing African Americans, Black Americans as well? And so, in the in answering the question, what would Zora do? I began interviewing Black Americans, asking them how do they identify. I asked about their ancestry, and then I asked them to tell me what their life was like living, working, and/or going to school during the COVID nineteen pandemic. Kiki Orr had such a dynamic story that she was gracious enough to come back and do a part two uh, a week later. And this is the second part of my conversation with my friend, Kiki Orr, New Yorker, Harlemite. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for graciously sharing your time with me, Kiki. And I'm really excited for everyone to hear about your television debut that I greatly enjoyed. So I'd love to hear like how it happened and what it was like for you. Yeah, that I'm sure, sure I'll share that. I think, you know, as, as we spoke really briefly, I ended by talking with my mom, but that, that all happened during the pandemic. Right. And so mom passed in December and, um, here's what's interesting, right? So December and then January rolls around. This is January now of 2021. And a friend of mine started this challenge. It's called the Show Up and Shine Challenge. And she was um, offering folks an opportunity to get, um, to win $500. Um, but, you know, the, the goal was for to, them to show up and shine, to be able to share a video, uh, uh, share a, past fe- a fear that they had and something that they were looking to overcome. And, um, and I remember when she shared the, shared the video, I'll never forget, like I'm, you know, I've been home. So a lot of time was like in the bed and I was thinking about all of the people who I could share the video with, who I could share the opportunity with. And so it was like, it was a, it was for, I want to say it was about 21 days that it went that she started it kind of mid anyway, about 21 days. And, um, I'm sitting there and then about maybe day 11 or so, um, after sharing with some folks, I had to ask myself, well, why are you sharing it with everyone else? What's the reason that you're not doing it, right? What's the reason, what, what fear that you have that you're looking to overcome? And, and it was inter- it's interesting because I was in this conversation of, of my, with myself about having this thought of feeling of how, um, as a coach, um, that I should, right, be further along. And so therefore, to show someone that I have fears is like, that's not what you do. No one will hire you if you are showing like you have these fears. I think this is like the, you know, I like to call it the stinking thinking that was going on in my head. So I was like, you know, I'll share with other people. And then I said, no, actually, the type of woman that you are and the type of 
coach that you are and who you are by design is that it is through your vulnerability and it's through what you share that actually has people draw to you, right? Because they're able to see um, that you are very much like them or you've had experiences that they can relate to as well. So long and short as I, I joined the, the challenge and I started doing the challenge and this was literally mom, mom, December 5th is when we had a service for her. And this was like January. So not very much time in between that. And I was really feeling down. So I really needed something to like, to, to serve as something else to do. And so I started posting these videos and I was very, getting very creative with them and putting them on TikToks and talking about my fear. And one of the fears that I was faced with was the fear of, I remember correctly, because she did it two years in a row, but the fear was the fear of visibility, being able to show, like being able to show myself. And really, when I think back on it, I would probably change visibility to vulnerability, right? Um, so I, I did the video. And because I started doing it and I would post, I could have posted, I didn't realize this then, but I could have posted the same kind of video day in and day out until I won. But I didn't, I, I must have missed that memo, which is probably good for me because I started to do a different video every day. So that requires like, a, it requires me to be thinking, putting on my creative hat and like flowing in that way. And so I did, I was up for the challenge. And um, uh, I think I was actually started a little early. I was day 11 winner. So I wind up, I wind up winning on one of the days, but because I was in that motion of getting up and showing up and like working through, working um, through my grief in that way. Uh, one day my daughter sent me a, I think she sent me a video of this gentleman by the name of New York Nico. And she said, he's having this thing on, on his page. And he's asking these questions and you can answer the questions by doing a video and posting it um, on his page. And again, I was in the mindset of getting up, showing up, being visible, being vulnerable. And so I posted the one minute video talking about what is it that I was looking for um, in my dating life. And I got a call from a casting director. Like literally I posted and I got a message in my DM the next day that says she saw my video on, um, on his page and asked if I would be interested in pursuing the, the show. And obviously there's an audition process that needed to happen. I would later come to find out that part of the process also required that your a child of yours um, nominates you for the experience. Because as you saw from the show, um, again, the show is My Mom, Your Dad and is streaming on HBO Max is still streaming. I would also like to say that the show just got nominated for, I think I may have said this before, but got nominated for a choice award for best relationship um, show. So. So, you know, they said it's better to be nominated. If we don't win, it's always better to be nominated. I mean, I'm not up for the nomination, but it's nice to know that something that I was in was, is being nominated. Um, so I got this call from her and then I had to go through the whole audition process, which was, which took quite some time um, to be able to get through like a whole vetting process and audition and obviously get my, um, one of my two daughters, because they have to be 18 or older. And I'm blessed to be able to have children that are 18 or older. Um, to come and join me in the opportunity. So that's how it came about. But I love the synchronicity of it all, right? My friend, all through the pandemic, my friend trusting in her instinct and trusting in her inner knowing and wanting to be able to give back in this particular way and support people with showing up specifically during this time of COVID, which had been challenging for most people and then giving mm -hmm. them something else to focus on. Um, me saying yes and showing up for myself, having that conversation and showing up for myself. And then because I did so and was already in the act of showing up, then the New York Nico post. And then, and you know, so it's all kind of very, 
very, very connected. We think that things just kind of just happen and they don't. Um, there is some, some action, uh, some change of mind um, and some intentionality that occurs in order for things to show up. So that's how the show came about. And I just have to say, everyone who's listening, watch it. I watched it last year because you posted it on your Facebook page. I never laughed and smiled so much through any TV show. Like, if you want to feel good, like, tell the whole family to watch My Mom, Your Dad. It's so good. Oh, that's it's so awesome. Good. <laughs> I love it. And it's so it. funny. The, the time goes by so fast because you think it's last year, and it actually was this year. Oh. It came out January I think it's January 13th of this year, but it's okay. But that's oh, yeah. just, that's just the COVID world we've been living in, right? We just think that like the only way I reference time now, honestly, since COVID, is my reference to time. I go, oh, oh that was I go, oh, that was two years ago. And then I go, no, we were in a pandemic for two years, so it was two years before that time. That's how this is what has been occurring. <laughs> That was January. I felt like I watched it a year ago. <laughs> okay. No, it feels it feels it feels like a year ago for you, and it feels almost like you know having filmed it because we did. I filmed it the summer before, um, the summer. Uh, we're in twenty twenty two, right? So yeah. I filmed it the summer of twenty twenty one. So it feels like a lifetime ago for me as well. But it's someone had to remind me when they said, "Well, what are some of the things that have come from the show?" And I said nothing. Um, and almost with an attitude. And, and then she was like, well, when did it come out? I said, January. She's like, well, it just, it kind of, it's still kind of new, but you know what it is, it's television. So while it, it's kind of new in the world of television, not so much, right? Cause they, they, in streaming, they put out things so quickly it's in today and in something else, but I am grateful for having had the, I'm definitely grateful for having had the experience um, from the wonderful cast members and mates that I met along the way from, um, I won't give a spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, please go check it out from um, the dates that I went on, the gentlemen that I got to encounter, all the things that I really ultimately learned about myself during that experience. Um, but I will say that when I think back on it and kind of, I feel like, I think I alluded to this I feel like I alluded to this um, earlier though, when I say earlier, the last um, part one is that I'm still feeling the effects of, I feel like I'm still feeling the residual effects of COVID in my DNA in a sense that even sharing this, sharing the story with you in a timeline, there was a lot of doing right after my mom, there was a lot of doing during the COVID. And I feel like now that a lot of the, doing or, or doing slash distraction has begun to subside I, is things and emotions are starting to bubble to the top, right? Things yeah. that I don't necessarily fully dealt with, even though I've done, I've done and continue to do grief counseling. Um, I don't know that I've necessarily really sat in that for, for however much time I needed to sit in that. And so I, I feel like I'm starting to like feel it um in many ways so um it's kind of the 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 ptsd of it mm-hmm. all PTSD? Yeah. PTSD, thank you ptsd of it all is starting to rear its rear its head yeah and i was curious when filming it were people were the crew wearing masks but because on camera you weren't wearing masks so how is that 
Yeah, so the uh, we were COVID tested uh, mm-hmm. every so many days. Well, we, first we were in isolation for um, for a few we- for a few weeks, but a couple of I think two weeks isolation for two weeks, um, and then then they started to bring the crew in. Um, but for those who will watch, I don't come into episode three, um, and then and then I came in. So it was almost 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 three three weeks for, for me being in isolation. And so, because we were in isolation, we didn't, and we were tested frequently and we weren't, we didn't go any place. I mean, we did go for walks during the day, um, but we wore a mask. Um, and, but that was the extent of it. So yes, the cast, us, we were not, didn't wear our mask, but everyone else, um, uh, the producers and everyone else did have to wear their mask when they were with us because okay. they were, they were going home and they had, you know, they had their coming and going daily, but not us. We okay. Were Thank you. I'm always curious about what, like, what life is like during the pandemic, even though we're still technically in the pandemic, right? We are. We are. We are, yeah. we are still in the pandemic with, with, with a little more looser, less, less restrictions um, than before, but we're still there. And I think we still get to be cognizant or conscious of our, you know, our interactions with folks and mask wearing and all of that stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, but what else you got for me? Because I was thinking, I was like, go ahead, I'm listening. Yeah, no, I was so excited to hear what it was like to film because I only spoke to one other person of a director. So I was curious about what life was like. Is there anything else that I didn't ask you that you'd like to share about life during the pandemic? You know, I was looking, right, because I was saying before that I had shot it down some quick notes. It's interesting. and I'm like, wow, you did cover, I did cover uh, a lot, but I do, you know, we talked um, about, about loss and I do want to do, I do want to, in addition to my mom, um, I do want to give some love uh, to an aunt of mine, an aunt, I don't, I don't even know why I said aunt, I do not say aunt, that is not even a thing, I say aunt, um, but you say aunt, you say potato, I say potato, my aunt, um, her name, we call her Deanie, but her name is Iris. Iris, she was a, um, a nurse um, that lived in, and she lived in uh, Texas and she was a nurse. And I say it was, um, she was a nurse for so many years, 20 plus years, or maybe longer than that. And um, she retired. And then the pan, literally she retired. I want to say the January, the January of the pan, when the pandemic hit that January, she retired. Um, and then she decided to come out of retirement to support um, nursing students uh, who had to nurses students because it was like a shortage and actually caught COVID from one of her students and she um, and she died. So um, I just want to give some love to my aunt Deanie for her service and the work that she did being one of the frontline workers and her commitment to nursing students and her commitment to her career and um and so I just wanted to since we're talking about pandemic honor her she actually passed a couple of months or so after not a couple of months sorry a couple of weeks maybe even less a couple of weeks or so after my mom passed so, uh, yeah the pandemic is something there's so much there was so much loss um so much loss that occurred and some of us some of us affected by direct um very directly some indirectly um so yeah I just wanted to share that and um what else um and I think that that's pretty much I don't know that I have 
a lot more to to say um mm-hmm. other than other than that but i think the pandemic i maybe i'll share kind of what what i've learned uh what i've learned about probably myself and kind of through an experience of the pandemic i learned that i um or maybe it would have reinforced, because I don't know that I necessarily learned anything more about myself, but I think it would reinforce my, my creativity, um, my longing and desire for, for connection, but also it also exposed, I'll tell you what it exposed. This is a, it was this thought that I was this very much extrovert. Right? Anybody meet me, they'll, they'll hands down. She's an extrovert, she's an extrovert. And I try not to live in like life and labels, right? I really try to avoid that because and depending on what phase you are in your life, you could be like extrovert and then like a month, two months late, maybe whatever. Right. But I, uh, I've discovered that I am not an extrovert. Um, I am not an extrovert. Um, as a matter of fact, it's, it's very closely aligned. I'm very, I'm more close, closely identified with introvert than extrovert. And, and what I, I have discovered is a lot of my extrovert, extrovert ways um, require a lot of work, right? So people see me, they see me being outgoing and doing that stuff. What they don't know, which I don't know, I'm going to tell you, what you don't know that it requires a lot of energy, <laughs> like a lot of self-talk, a lot of preparation, a lot of that. And then when I'm done and I do whatever I do out there, I come home, I'm exhausted. I'm like literally like wiped out. <laughs> um, and I and I thought it was something else. And it was like, oh no, because you're not as extroverted as you think that you are right but when I'm out there I'm going to make it do what it do and I also realized the reason I make it do what it do is because because I'm an introvert so I don't want you to be like in control of whatever's happening I need to be in control of that <laughs> right you know like I need to be like engaging in the conversation da, 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 because I can't have you coming into my so let me control all of this so when I'm done I'll be like whoo so I learned that about myself during the the, the pandemic. I, I spend a lot of time at home more than people realize. Um, I am okay with being by myself. Um, I quite enjoy it. And when people be like, do you want to go do that? I'd be like, uh, uh, and then I get up and I have to get dressed and I'm like, oh, why did I say yes to that? <laughs> and, and I, and then I, I used to think, I used to be like one of those people where you go, um, and I started to realize it too, when I wasn't the person that like, would initiate things, you know, like I'm not the person like, Hey, what you doing? Do you want to go such and such place? Mm-mm. Usually people are asking me. So I was like, Oh, you are really, girl, you really are an introvert. I don't know why that's a big deal for people nowadays to, to be able to say that they're introvert or extrovert. Um, but for me, and not that it's a big deal in, in any way in terms of label, but it is important. I think for me to understand, um, how I operate and what you, what, what, what the reasons are behind me saying yay or nay, right? Am I saying, am I saying yay because like I feel obligated? Am I saying nay because I'm nervous about the situation and I got to prepare for it? So it was, it was helpful for me to like uncover and discover that. But when most people were struggling in the pandemic, I was not, I was quite content. And I'm sure people like, I know you can't wait to get it back out there. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm there. I'm there. Happy right here. (laughs) Do you identify at all? Well, yeah, I always knew I was an introvert. I like small doses of people. So 
people used to think I was a social butterfly, but really just like within the two or three hours and then that's it. But yeah, I, I loved being home. It was, it was <laughs> great. <laughs> I'm like, why can't I work from home forever? What do you yes. mean? You have to go back to the office. And I felt like I was much more, and it's interesting because I realized that I was much more engaged um, on my home Zooms and all of that stuff than yeah. when I'm like, and often I'm in officers to be like, I just want to do my work. Just like kind of, let me just do what I need to do. But on the Zoom thing, I'm like, because ah, I could be like, boom, back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think the whole nation, most people felt that way because most people don't want to go back to the office or they want a three-day work week. Yeah. And a lot of people said they were way more productive because like you said, the work day was done. You close the computer, you're already home. <laughs> There's no right. <laughs> Exactly. No commuting. I can, I, I did my exercise. I mentioned this too. I did my exercising um, in the living room. Um, I could do my, I could cook. If it's the lunchtime, I could spend my lunch, the lunchtime that we had, I could spend it like making dinner or not, right. Uh, or mm -hmm. getting rest or whatever it is, or starting a load of laundry, whatever it was, but it just felt so much. Um, it just felt like a really nice work life a work-life balance. And I feel like folks are in like really, um, well, I can't speak for what folks are doing. I could just speak for myself. I'm struggling with the, um, with the back to back to work thing. It's just, it just does not really work for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. So, but yeah, you know, I, know. I shouldn't say the work, like the back to work. Cause I never, cause to be clear, I was never not working, but I mean, physically like, back to work kind of yes thing. it's exhausting it is yeah. it is <laughs> wow i tried to go ahead i'm sorry no no go ahead i was gonna say i love your blouse it's thank you i actually got this um oh that's another thing so one of the things that i started to do when i was um uh i got into not really heavily into because i'm not a heavy shopper but i did start to follow folks on Instagram that were doing, um, that were thrifters. Right. And so I started doing, and they start doing like online thrifts. They have their finds and you can go on and they have their like IG lives and you can like bid for stuff or, you know, not really bid. They'll say it's $10 or $7. And then you say sold $7. So I got this from one of the, one of the, my thrift purchases on Oh, I that love that. I started to pick up. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so some, you know, often they have these like really cute, unique pieces that I probably wouldn't find otherwise. So oh. that, was a nice, that was a nice little pad. That was a nice little pastime. And again, my TikToks and my Instagram and all of that great stuff. Um, I did. I'm trying to. Th oh, I don't know. Did I mention also that I restarted I restarted after the show too I restarted my podcast so I have a podcast um called Just Bloom back on hiatus again you know it's the creative in me like I'm like here I am and then I'm like oh probably on to something next no no I, I really try to stay focused on some things but um the podcast is called Just Bloom and I remind women that um, no matter what season they're in whether it's their first or their 50th um, that is never too late to have the life that they want. Um, so that's that's something that I do. Um, in addition to during the pandemic, I actually um, had a couple of coaching clients, like doing life coaching stuff of that nature. Um, and also just try to stay connected. My wind down Wednesdays, looking um, to 
stay as closely connected to people as possible. So I did do some wind down Wednesday in the Great Lawn, not in Central Park Great Lawn, but where I live, we have a lawn. Um, and so just doing that, you know, as safely as possible and with the intentions of just being able to bring folks together because people were like missing mm. that in-person connection. So um, including myself, as much as I do like to, as much as I'm okay with being alone, um, there are the moments where I do, where I crave, right, for, um, in, in small doses, <laughs> crave <laughs> for connection, right, touch, mm-hmm. um, face-to-face, um, but in small doses. Uh, and even, oh, this is good, y'all. Okay, because I know we, we have time, but this is good, because I also want to share that, oh, I also want to share that during the time, I actually started, I was dating as well. Um, on because a friend of mine started dating on, um, and she was posting about, she was like, and she would call the dates, her pandemic bags. I was like, wait, where are you going on dates at? Like we're in a whole pandemic, ma'am. And she was like, I do zoom dates. We do. And I said, well, well, that sounds about right. And so I, so I was, so I was doing that before the, before the show came on, I started to do, and I actually had gone on. A couple of, I had a couple of fake, I wasn't Zoom, but a couple of FaceTime dates. Mm-hmm. Um, someone. And then when, um, then I did like a park date, like with my mask and all of that stuff. So, but yeah, so the pandemic had some, I had some dating during that, during that time as well. Oh, uh, I love that. Uh, <laughs> you know, we had to make the best out of what we had, you know, with the situation. So that's what I did. That's my, you know, my pandemic COVID story filled with, filled with um, connection, love, loss, grief, fun, very intentional about joy. And that's the thing that I like to say to folks. I like to say that um, I am, the phase that I'm in in my life is um, growing through grief and being very, um, healing through grief, I should say, um, while being very intentional about creating joy. Mm-hmm. And I was, that's what I wanted to do to the, and during the pandemic, be very intentional about creating joy, but also honoring my healing journey. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I enjoy your TikToks. They're very motivational and inspiring. Thank you. Especially because I'm 42 and now I'm doing a podcast. It's, you know, it's like we all, I always feel like, is it too late? But whatever, you know, it's never too late. I just got chills. I just got chills because I think we've been, um, we've been so conditioned, right? And, And we could talk about for days where that comes from and all of that stuff. But, you know, society has put on us these kind of time lines where we should be at certain phases of our life but if we really think about kind of our lives if you think about the fact that like in your 20s your early 20s you're just graduating from college right you're just finding yourself in your career so why would I be at my third why how is it that in my 30s I should already be a step no I just got out of school in my early 20s I'm starting my career right and it's just I think that there's the only timeline is the timeline that you create for yourself that's it, right? We're, we're all on different trajectories in our life. We come to things differently. We experience different things. And um, I feel like I didn't really begin to come into my own um, until my probably mid, 
probably a little late forties. And that was only after like, losing my, my wall street job. And I was like, and, and everything, I felt like everything that I was and all that I, all that I was, was wrapped up and identified by that job and that career. And then I didn't have that anymore. So I had to question, well, who am I in the absence of that? And then that's when I started to really, really focus on who I was because I did not know who I was in the absence of that job. Um, and then it became, then, and then now in my fifties, it becomes, um, or late forties, it became, who am I if I am not mother? And I'm always obviously going to be mother, right? Like I'm, I'm not, I'm always going to be mother to my children, but like my, I, so much of my identity was either wrapped up in work or my identity is wrapped up in mothering. And so who am I outside of those kind of roles? And so I think that, you know, we, we all get to where we get to and the time that we get to it. And as long as it works for you, that's all that matters. That really is all that matters. You're so inspiring. Everyone needs to follow you on TikTok, listen to your podcast. I just love hearing you talk. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for what you're doing. I think it's important to be able to kind of um, mark this, this moment, um, this, that particular moment in time, um, because what doesn't occur enough, um, is that stories, and I'm sure I don't know all, all of who you are, um, interviewing, Mm -hmm. but I know, is it primarily, is it, it's black folk, right? Yeah. I just had a, I had a, a a lapse in memory, um, charge it to the head, not to the heart. But in in that, we know that we know that so much of our stories, right, are get lost or are not captured. So this is like crucial and important. So thank you. Thank you for for doing that. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for saying that. This is the, the you know, like they say, do the thing that scares you. It's I love talking to people and I love listening to people, but it scares me to be public about it, to be visible. So like you talked about, like showing up and shining. This is this is me shining. I'm yeah. still scared, but I'm, I'm doing, but you're doing it. it anyway. And that all that that's all that matters. And my and my my um, my litmus is the 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 hairs on my um, arm just stood up when 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 that happens that is my way of knowing obviously you speak much truth and authenticity but when that happens to me that's when I know that that's like a like a truly your calling moment so mm. it stood up when you did that so you're you continue on the track that you're on thank you Kiki well I'll be in touch thank yes. you for this amazing interview and being so generous with your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. Bye. Thank you for listening to my conversation on this episode of Black America and COVID, an oral history project. If you enjoyed the episode, then please give it five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. The more five stars the podcast has, the more visible it is, the more access I have to people who would like to share their story living, working, and or going to school during the COVID-19 pandemic. If you are a Black American and you would like to share your experience with me, then email me at soniakillaroo at gmail.com. The 
emails in the show notes of the podcast or direct message me through my Instagram account, Black America and COVID, all one word, all lowercase. If you are a non-Black American and you would like to memorialize the life of a Black American sadly lost during the COVID-19 pandemic, then email me as well. This episode was written, produced, and audio engineered by me, Sonia Jean Killebrew, podcast host and executive producer. Thanks for listening to my oral history project, Black America and COVID.